The following information is for educational use only and should not be construed as medical advice. Welcome everyone to another episode of Doc, Not Doctor. Today we're going to go over the drug fentanyl. Morphine used to be the Army's drug of choice when it came to pain management, but that now sits on a back burner, having been replaced by fentanyl. Fentanyl is about 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine, but that doesn't mean it works 50 to 100 times better for pain relief. While morphine dosages are typically given in milligrams, which means a thousandth of a gram, fentanyl dosages are commonly given in micrograms, which is a millionth of a gram. So it works a lot better, but you get a lot less of the medicine. TC3 recommends fentanyl as the drug of choice for patients with mild to moderate pain who are not believed to be in or at risk of developing shock or respiratory distress. It also shouldn't be used in patients with known or suspected traumatic brain injury due to a risk of increasing their intracranial pressure. A side note, TC3 doesn't mention this, but fentanyl can also worsen bradycardia, so make sure to keep that in mind. In the Army, it's most often given in the form of an 800 microgram lollipop, and it's sometimes abbreviated as OTFC, which stands for Oral Transmucosal Fentanyl Citrate. It's usually taped to the finger of a patient that can maintain their own airway, and then they hold their finger so the lollipop stays between their cheek and gum. The reason behind this is that when the patient has enough fentanyl, they will lose consciousness and their finger will fall out, bringing the fentanyl lollipop out of their mouth. I would greatly caution leaving patients like this unattended because fentanyl will cause respiratory depression to the point of respiratory arrest. Ideally, you or another medic should stay with your patients, however, if you have other people to take care of, this may not always be plausible. In that case, I would highly recommend leaving someone with them to ensure the removal of the lollipop when they lose consciousness. Having that person also monitor the patient's ventilation rate would also be beneficial, but I'd also be wary of their patient assessment and ability to catch deficiencies early. If respiratory depression does set in, consider providing artificial ventilations via BVM or administering naloxone. Also keep in mind that respiratory depression may be due to a delayed symptom of a previously unsuspected brain injury, and not fentanyl. A physician I used to work for always said, when you hear hooves, you think horses. But don't ever forget that zebras exist, and I think that applies here. Also consider moving weapons away from the patient when administering fentanyl, as fentanyl can cause confusion and hallucinations. Other side effects not mentioned TC3 include nausea, vomiting, and constipation. It can also lower the seizure threshold in epileptic patients. Having Ondansetron on hand would also be beneficial due to the nausea and vomiting. When administering fentanyl via lozenge, only about 25% of the fentanyl is absorbed transmucosally. It has an almost immediate onset, but only provides relief for 5-10 to 10 minutes. The remaining 75% is swallowed naturally, where 67% of that is removed via the first pass effect. The remaining 25% of the original fentanyl provides long-term pain relief from anywhere between 2 and 6 hours. The Army has additional fentanyl guidelines for flight medics, which allow for it to be given intravenously, intraosseously, or even intranasally. When given intravenously, fentanyl takes effect in about 3 to 5 minutes, and has a duration of 30 to 60 minutes. The base amount of fentanyl given for pain is a blanket dose of 25 to 100 micrograms, either IV, IO, or IN, 
or it can be administered based off the weight of the patient. For pain, it's given dosages of half to a full microgram per kilogram, or around 1.1 to 2.2 micrograms per pound via slow IV push. A 200-pound patient would be given 45 to 90 micrograms of fentanyl. I don't recommend trying to memorize all this information. Just figure out what method of dosing is easiest for you to memorize or calculate, and go with that. Higher dosages can be given for patients who remain in pain, but no upper limit is given in the Army's flight medic protocols. With lack of guidance, I would administer additional amounts of fentanyl in dosages of 0.1 micrograms per kilogram and stop at the first sign of respiratory depression. Ideally, if I had intravenous fentanyl, I would like to ask my overseeing physician for their recommendation before being in a position to administer it in the first place. For sedation, the flight medic guidelines recommend an initial IV bolus of 1 to 2 micrograms per kilogram, with a 0.5 to 1 micrograms per kilogram per hour given in an IV infusion after that. 0.05 to 0.1 milligrams per kilogram of midazolam is also recommended in the infusion to maximize the effect of the medication. A quick MedMath review. Mixing 1 milligram of fentanyl with a 100 milliliter bag of fluid in a standard 10-drop set will result in the administration of 1 microgram per drop. If an IV infusion isn't practical due to supplies or the tactical situation, Army Flight Medic Guidelines recommend the same initial 1 to 2 microgram per kilogram bolus, followed by 0.5 to 2 micrograms per kilogram fentanyl via IV push with no midazolam or other benzo. For non-traumatic chest pain, the guidelines are 25 to 50 micrograms given intravenously. Note that the patient must have systolic blood pressure greater than 90. No time frame or reassessment and readministration is given, but I think the idea behind this is to get the patient under the care of an experienced provider as soon as possible. Fentanyl can also be used as a pretreatment medication, given as a 3 microgram per kilogram slow IV push to reduce anxiety about 3 to 5 minutes prior to administration of a paralytic. This is for intubation. While not the first-line drug of choice, fentanyl can also be used as a medication for continuous sedation in intubated patients per the previous guidelines. Flight medic protocols give guidelines for pediatrics similar to adults with the exception of no RSI protocols given for pediatric patients. The FDA considers fentanyl likely to be unsafe for women who are pregnant due to demonstrated negative effects during animal trials. They didn't make their way to human trials, but they probably won't give in the negative effects of the animal trials. As far as mechanism of action, we first have to go over some anatomy. The body contains four types of opioid receptors throughout the nervous system, each of those containing between one and three opioid receptor subtypes. Fentanyl has a high affinity for binding to the mu opioid receptor types and relieves pain by crossing the blood-brain barrier and binding to the mu opioid receptors in the brain. Once there, it causes the neuron to release endorphins which decrease the amount of pain the patient feels as well as causing other side effects such as the suppression of the respiratory drive. Fentanyl also binds to kappa and delta opioid receptors, but not quite as readily. Anyways, that's all for this episode. Make sure to check back periodically for more episodes in the future, and as always, thanks for listening to Doc, not Doctor.